Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to grow your business or your life and take it to the next level. Let me tell you a little bit about my guest, who is Manuj Agarwal. He is a global thought leader who has been in AI for 15 years and has already four patents in AI. He has served clients like Microsoft, IBM, Pearson Education, and more, producing $500 million in value for them. His work has impacted over 10 million lives and has been mentioned by the likes of President Obama and Bill Gates. His talk shares a perfect mix of humor, intelligence, and human relatability. With his deep knowledge and experience, he can break down complex topics so that even a 10-year-old can understand them, which means his listeners will be laughing learning, and loving every minute of it. As a loving parent and ambitious overachiever, he's got stories that will inspire and show that he will, that with a little bit of courage and some insight, anything is possible. Today, I thought we'd just have our title of being how AI is going to change the world. And oh my God, it will. (laughs) Please welcome Manuj Agawar. Oh, I have been waiting for this. I just cannot tell you. I, Thank you I, so much. Thank you I'm, so much for having me. I um, know that there is a lot of harder questions I'm going to get into, but I always start with a very easy one. Please tell the audience where you're calling in from. Where is home? I'm in Vancouver, Canada. Ah, I love Vancouver. Oh, yeah. Have it's, you been here? I have. I was okay. at a, a Toastmaster International Convention there in 2017, I guess it was. Oh, right. And, and was there for a week, enjoyed every minute of it. I wanted to take the air taxi over to Victoria, <laughs> my, <laughs> in love of my name, but yeah. I never did get to. But I did walk around some of the forests with redwoods and just yeah. captured, oh, took me back to when I was young and we went to the redwood forest here in the u.s yeah 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 yeah. i know it's a lovely place for sure Mm -hmm. yeah so how did you go from making two dollars a day to the boardroom of the fortune 500 companies 
Yeah. Well, that's a, that's an interesting story. You know, I grew up in India in a small town and as it happens in, uh, in developing countries, uh, back then India was a developing countries and in many ways it is still a developing country, but, um, in a developing countries, small town, you don't get a lot of opportunities for higher education or, um, or, uh, employment. So I started working uh, at 15, a factory and, uh, it was quite, uh, uh, hard work, uh, you know, um, six days a week and 12 hours a day. Um, and I wanted to change my life. I wanted to do something better. At that point, I didn't know what it could be. Um, but uh, one day I was going through some business magazines and I was reading uh, these stories of tycoons who built their empires. And I got some inspiration from them. And I thought to myself, you know, if these people can do it, then anybody should be able to do anything with their life. Mm -hmm. um, but still, you know, that that only gave me like certain inspiration, not an exact path. And that came to me a, a couple of years later when I uh, found myself enrolled in a computer programming course. And I just fell in love with technology and programming. And I, I knew whether I'm going to make any money or not, I, I was going to do that for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, I, uh, you know, started getting better in technology and came over to North America, started working with a lot of startups, helping them build their technology, their, um, their products. And um, it just so happened when I came to North America, it was like a turbulent time. There was dot-com boom, dot-com bust. September 11th, a lot of those things were happening. So I lost uh, at least three jobs in quick succession. Mm. And so that forced me into entrepreneurship. And I, I sort of, uh, you know, started doing the same thing that I was doing in a job. But I started my tech technology consulting company. And uh, through that, I got an opportunity to work with Microsoft, um, that was the first, first Fortune 500 client that um, that I worked with and uh, worked on a very large system that was processing about 30 to $40 billion worth of transactions every year. And so that gave me a very different view of the world about how large corporations work. And then I got an opportunity to work with another one, Pearson Education, then IBM. And so that's sort of how it all came about. Um, all thanks to uh, thanks to technology and just um, just how much impact it has created in the world. Yeah, so I can so relate to that. I when I started working it in the uh, late seventies, <laughs> the computers were just coming out, and so I got a job at an accounting firm and was a secretary, front desk person. And I was helping with the tax returns to create and their reports and their, their annual reports for businesses were like 35, 40 pages long. <laughs> and it was on a typewriter. <laughs> you made a mistake, you had to start all over. Yes, yes, I know. And so when they said, hey, we want to introduce computer processing, <laughs> I was like the first to raise my hand. <laughs> And then later they, we got into management consulting and they needed to do uh, nursing homes for the um, anticipation of the baby boomers and things. So uh, they said, we have this Mac, this in a little box. And he says, we want you to learn how to do maps. Mm. And so I raised my hand again. Yeah. And that literally allowed me to 
not have the, the fear, you know, gave me the courage to continue to raise my hand. And so without a degree, I was able to continue to get promoted and promoted yeah. through my career until um, I went to college at 47. So wow. <laughs> I totally appreciate what um, technology can do for yeah. you well, if just, you just raise your hand. Yeah, just for the just for the record, I, there is no way I could have guessed that you started working in the 70s. Oh yes, I turned sixty-five <laughs> this year. Oh my goodness! Yeah, wow. I have an I have an anti-aging and wellness business too, and uh, the stuff. Oh, works. that explains it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll have a separate conversation. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. what does it feel like, though? You know, to be a global thought leader, I, as you talked about, you know, <laughs> oh, the first company was Microsoft. <laughs> Let's yeah. just go for the big boys right yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, so what does it feel like, though? Uh, do you have that imposter syndrome that that we all tend to get? But you know... absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you get all these titles, uh, people saying these things, thought leader, and um, you always have this fear. You know, my thoughts are normal, like, you know, like when you when when you are dealing with your own thoughts, they are not extraordinary. So it's like, okay, you know, my thoughts are normal. Like, what does that even mean, thought leader? So you have this fear that someday somebody's gonna find out that, you know, this guy is just like a normal guy. Like, why, why put him on the pedestal? So you you have this fear, but then the more you talk to people uh, and the more ideas you exchange, the wiser you get just by absorbing. Like like you shared with me something. Uh, which will add to my, uh, you know, uh, worldview now that raising your hand leads you to new opportunities. Um, and I think, um, and I think uh, most people, most people have uh, that quality of being a thought leader. But I think society as a whole does not give us an opportunity to share those thoughts. Because if if we were able to share our thoughts, I can guarantee there will be so many more thought leaders in the world. Mm. That, that just reminds me of some conversations I have with people that I coach on public speaking because, and again, you go from your own experience. For me, I had all of these ideas as I was going in my 20s and 30s, but I just thought, well, I'm not educated as they are. I'm not, you know, the person that should share these things. So they're all in my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it wasn't until I was saying, uh, I need to find my voice. And then yeah. if you just forget that it's, I'm making a pitch for my idea, but it's just, let's have a conversation. Let's beat it around. Let's yeah. do this mind mapping or, or brainstorming. And yeah. that's what makes me think of AI and, and how for you to delve into this really new frontier, this, um, it's how, whenever you first thought of it that what if how did you then do the next step to to pursue this you know the the funny thing is um generally what uh, and this has happened with me i'm sure it has happened with you and and other people um we generally find a sort of a uh a rough idea for the direction we want to go in and we say okay i want to do something uh, with technology. I want to do something with uh, AI. So for me, it has always been, I want to stay on the cutting edge, whatever is the latest and greatest. I want to, I want to do that because as an engineer, cutting edge technology is like a new toy for a, for a new kid. So 
So, you know, you always want to play with that new toy, break it apart, you know, put it together. And that's a lot of fun. And uh, that is, is so much fun that I will do that even if nobody paid me a dime for that. And, and then the other aspect uh, that I really am passionate about is helping other people improve their lives. Mm -hmm. So with technology, you can do so much. And uh, when you combine that, I, you know, the once, once you're clear that this is what I want in my life, then it, it's a strange way that life works. It brings you to those opportunities. And now if you're ready, and if you can overcome these fears, as, as we just uh, you know talked about, whether I'm worthy of it, whether I'm good enough for it, then things click. And that's what happened. Like, you know, AI was um, something that I was fascinated by um, because AI has been around since the 70s, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not a new phenomenon, but um, the very first project that I worked on with AI was to help students um, uh, come up with personalized lesson plans because uh, today in classrooms, every student gets the exact same curriculum, even though one student may be further ahead, one student may be further behind. Um, so that was an exciting prospect that we can use technology to, to give a personalized learning experience to each student in the same classroom. That was, that's a revolutionary idea. And we could do that and the results were amazing. And that, you know, that once you cross one threshold, you're like, okay, what, what else is possible? You know, if we can come this far and now we are here we are exponentially more, the, the technology is exponentially more powerful and it just has laid a foundation for a much, much better uh, life on this planet for everyone. So mm -hmm. the the game has just begun in my opinion. So I, many agree. More exciting, I yeah. agree. In relaying that story, I think of my youngest when she was uh, going into first grade it was just a few years after pre-K in the U.S. was around. And so prior to that, her older sister was three years older and she learned to read in the first grade mm. but because of pre-K, the kids were accelerated and they were reading at much more um, mm -hmm. advanced levels by the yeah. time they entered first grade. Unfortunately, the memo didn't come to me. Mm -hmm. And so my youngest my baby, um, I was not pushing her to read. And I just figured the school would teach her. Mm -hmm. And she sat across the table from a little guy that mm -hmm. was reading at fifth grade level. Wow. Wow. And she heard him read and she decided I can't do that. And mm -hmm. so when called upon, she would not read. And they, at the point, the teacher was like, well, I have 25 other kids, I can't do anything special for yours. Mm. So I created a, a reward system for her to, and worked with her at home myself. But what you just described could have avoid, avoided that. And my husband was a teacher. My daughter is a teacher. And you are so true that the, the classroom is just so diverse with knowledge mm. and skill levels. And to have a way where a teacher could supply and answer the needs of each individual student is just so wonderful if we could change our system to do that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So is um, the fear, you know, there are all those fear mongers out there that AI is going to take over humanity, all the jobs will be gone to machines, and we will mm. just be um, extinct. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
yeah. set, us, set us on the right road to understanding, please. See, um, let's address the first thing that AI will take over humanity. Uh, to that, what I say is that, first of all, um, if people are afraid that AI will become self-aware, it will become sentient, and then it will develop some sort of a jealousy or ambition to say, okay, now I don't want any other species uh, to exist. That is sort of an absurd idea for many reasons. First, even on this planet of 8 billion people, only very minute percentage of the population is self-aware, let alone machines becoming self-aware. And self-aware, when I mean self-aware, it's not about just I know what is my favorite color or my favorite uh, flavor of ice cream. Self-aware meaning, do I know where all my, you know, these these uh, emotional uh, em mm -hmm. emotional baggage that I carry throughout mm -hmm. my life? Where does that come from? Why do I feel frustrated on certain things? All of these things, right? Uh, the second thing is, even if um, uh, uh, even if we say, okay, you know, maybe AI is capable of doing something like that, like. Uh, taking over another species. So I'm considering AI to be another species. So taking over another species needs a lot of uh, hatred, a lot of like, you know, that that pressure that has built in. All the wars that are waged in this world, they are a result of some uh, negative ego. emotion, ego, you know, <laughs> ego, jealousy, all, all that suppressed for generations and generations and generations. And that's what comes out in, in the shape of war. And so, in order for somebody to program an algorithm to teach AI to do that, somebody will have to be so self-aware, so like really in tune with the with the emotional side of things, that, and then be so technically savvy to create an algorithm and plant it in AI. It's just absurd. Uh, then comes the question about jobs. So yes, jobs will be displaced; they will be affected, but they will be replaced by better jobs. You know, um, before the internet came along, there was no such job as a web developer. There was no such job before the smartphones came along. There was no such job as an app developer. And these jobs are very, very um, uh, enjoyable and well-paying jobs. And so you can imagine when AI becomes prevalent, more prevalent, there'll be more jobs where you don't have to do the mundane things. You don't have to do the repetitive tasks. You can focus on the things you enjoy doing. So a good example is, you know, I was talking to a neurosurgeon the other day. He was telling me that for every hour they spend with the patient, they have to spend two hours entering data into computers mm -hmm. and machines. Mm -hmm. So now imagine if those two hours are, you know, taken care of by AI, how much more their job will become more effective and enjoyable and they will be able to pay more personalized attention to each patient. So that's how I see the world is going to change. Um, but on the flip side, if people do not embrace the technology, if they run away from it, if they don't upskill, um, then obviously there's going to be, uh, you know, they are going to be left behind. Just like if if I apply for a job and I say, I don't want to use internet. I don't want to do anything with email today. Where, how far do you think we will get, right? <laughs> Not too far. Well, you know, the, the beauty of age for me is that when I came, as I said, computers were just being introduced and I was a whiz at shorthand. Mm -hmm. 
you know, if I asked my daughters to read my yeah. shorthand, they yeah. would not know what the heck it was. Yeah. So all of a sudden the need for shorthand was no longer there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I do transcribe transcripts. Um, I have AI on my podcast, any mm -hmm. meeting I go to, and mm -hmm. I get instantly the results of that yeah, yeah. all written out for me faster yeah. than I could ever do with shorthand. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it is, you know, there are times growing up in the 80s, we had people that pushed the button in the elevator. That was a job. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly now, yeah, yeah. now i can go into an elevator and just say floor three and yeah, it goes yeah. to floor i don't even have to push the button yeah, yeah exactly so it is just a matter of accepting it embracing it and seeing what are the possibilities oh. uh, you know and as you said there the company that i work for we um are we were doing a new project that was going to help us to handle the fact that a lot of the frontline workers were not showing up to work, you know, that they're mm. not applying for those jobs because as you say, they're, they're going for something that's not as sweaty mm, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. labor intensive. Yeah. And, you know, so you need something different. My uncle was a worker on an assembly line and now mm. computers and, you know, robots do those things. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's exactly. not, uh, it's not uh, something that we have not experienced. And I think yeah, people yeah. just need to kind of roll with the punches. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah. So how can you use the power of your mind to achieve anything? Well, uh, as we as we were discussing earlier, you know, um, whatever we experience in life is actually just basically starts with a thought, isn't it? Like, you know, uh, this computer that we are uh, using to converse with each other, the, the the Zoom room that we are using, they all began with a thought, right? There was a, just a thought, okay, maybe that's possible. And then you take one step after the other to achieve that. Now, that's where most people sort of... Uh, fall apart where they say, okay, I have a thought because I have a 13 year old son. I teach him this. And I was like, okay, I'm thinking about winning a lottery. Where is my money? And I was like, no, it's not, it doesn't work that way. When was the last time you took action to actually buy the lottery? And you know, you need to take the action. You need to overcome the challenges. And the fact is that uh, every uh, thing that is worth achieving something is challenging. It's not, very, very seldom you'll just think of it and it'll actually happen. Mm -hmm. So those challenges are designed for us to become stronger and become more, more, uh, you know, learn more, become wiser. And, and as we become wiser, we become more efficient in overcoming subsequent challenges. Mm -hmm. And then one day it, this all sort of, uh, it's, it's like a hockey stick growth when you, you know, in the initial phases, you're not making a lot of progress, but as you continue, 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 one day it's like a, you know, just a hockey stick growth. And all of a sudden you realize, okay, I have achieved uh, my goal and then some. Mm -hmm. So this this thing about power of mind and, and it is related to my study of artificial intelligence. So in my story, I didn't mention earlier, I actually, uh, around 2010, 2011, became suicidal and depressed, and um, and I wanted to find uh, some some relief from that, and um, and I found it in meditation and learning about neuroscience and learning about human psychology, and that's when I realized it all is basically 
a story that is going on in our head. Mm. That's all it is. And once you realize what stories are you telling yourself, all you need to do is be conscious enough of that story and flip it, flip the script. So if you're telling a negative story to yourself, that's exactly what comes comes up in your experience. It sounds again woo woo, and people say, "Oh, you know, this is uh, this is all uh, woke stuff." But uh, once you see it in real life, you cannot deny this. Yeah. You cannot deny that fact. And I hear, you know, in all the podcasts that I do, I hear this over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it it and it really is how you flip the switch on yeah. those thoughts. And yeah. surround your, pe- you know, get, get those people away from you, uh, yeah. away from the table, if you will, yeah. and um, surround yourself with people that are like-minded uh, and positive, not, not always like-minded. Like I think that when I put together a team, I want to have a variety, a diversity of the mm-hmm. team, because I can't be as innovative as creative, unless I have people that kind of push me and make yeah. me think about different things, different ways. Yeah, yeah. And, these uh, are so- these are very very important points you brought up. Like diversity is so important uh, if you want to innovate and you want to move faster and you want to create something new because everybody brings their own the yeah. own perspective on things. And then uh, getting away from negative people is again human nature is that if we are negative, it makes us feel better if other person is also negative, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it rubs off of each other. So yeah. definitely these are these are very, very important things to do to choose your company wisely. Yeah, because, you know, our our human nature is we all want to be liked, right? So if you have a person that's negative, 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 and you want them to like you, you will probably add to that negativity Mm -hmm. as opposed to telling them, no, you're full. (laughs) And that takes us back to the whole courage thing. Exactly. Exactly. So how can you achieve exponential growth in your life and your business um, now with this new technology and 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 your mindset. Yeah, see, um, I'll 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 share with you what exponential growth looks like. So, if we think about all the richest people in the world, um, you know, they became rich, ultra wealthy in the last twenty years, mm-hmm. um, and they overcame uh, dynasties dynasties of rich people, uh, Ford, uh, uh, you know, Ford started their um, company in the 1920s, like started making cars. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of the most uh, prominent business dynasties. And here comes Elon Musk, and he starts a company, maybe around what, 2005. And within 15 years, uh, Tesla is a bigger company than Ford, yeah. GM, Chrysler combined, right? Um, same thing with Jeff Bezos. He came along, started Amazon, and uh, took over Walmart, which has been around for 100 years. So the idea is that if you use technology, you can rapidly overcome these challenges, what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is AI and data tells you exactly what to do, where to go, in yeah. which direction to go, what are people thinking, what are they wanting from you? Because previously, before before this technology, you always had to second guess and you mm-hmm. had to, you know, like play. Do market uh, like, research on internet. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even, even, even without the, like you, I mean, internet has been around for what maybe 30 years now <laughs> before yes. that it was like like just shooting in the dark and saying okay you know let's see what happens right yeah. so so all of these things combined gives you the ability to rapidly 
grow your life and your business. And if you, again, if you think it is possible, you look at these success stories, you look at the paths that others have taken for this exponential growth, then you can do the same thing as long as you're ready to do that. Yeah. A couple of things come to mind. One, um, one of the reasons I love Walt Disney um, World is that they were thinking of things and, and, you know, even the cartoons that we had when I was young, the Jetsons, yeah, and we yeah. all, and we thought all of those things were fantasy and, and, you know, they were going to, going to come about, but they didn't. But now, you know, I think those things that we thought were fantasy are going to yeah, come yeah. true. So yeah, it's yeah. very cool for that. Uh-huh. But um, I think too, that one of the things that we, did in the the 80s and 90s a lot to find information we did focus groups if you Mm -hmm. call those Mm -hmm. and now you know focus group groups took time they took coordination and uh, there was a cost to that and now i can find that information in seconds yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah fantastic so what role again is that neurodiversity um going to play in your success See, neurodiversity is is like uh, this. Let's let's look at this life as a puzzle, right? So, um, and in order to achieve something, we need to complete this puzzle. Now, the thing is, if you you have a piece of the puzzle and you get so okay, let's step back first. If you are going after something significant, a significant goal, there is no way a person can achieve everything on their own because we are only good at a few things. You know, even even people like Einstein was only good at one thing. And if probably if you ask him to, you know, repair a car or, you know, cook a great meal, I don't think he'll do as good. So, so that tells us that in order to achieve great things, we need help from other people. Now, if those people are uh, and now coming back to the puzzle analogy, if those people are holding a piece of the puzzle, but they have exact same piece as you, again, you're not going to go yeah. any far. Mm-hmm. Um, so neurodiversity will bring in experiences that you don't have. They will bring in point of view that you may miss, you know, like if you like, um, let's say you are uh, you were brought up in a very wealthy family and money is no not an object to you and you want to launch a new product probably you'll say ah you know i'll i'll just sell it for $1000 but then if you have another person who did not grow up in that privilege they'll say this is too much for most people to afford you know what are you thinking you know like this is an example real real life example with um, uh steve jobs when he introduced his first Mac, he had to work really hard to bring down the cost. Otherwise, his team told mm-hmm. him that he is not going to sell. So these are the things that neurodiversity provides. Basically, these are guardrails for us to think more creatively, th- mm-hmm. look at the bigger picture, find the other puzzle pieces. And that becomes much more pleasant experience for us and for, for others as well. Yeah. I think that one of the things that helps our young kids be better at innovation and creativity are things like puzzles mm-hmm. and um, the uh, Legos. And I, my seven-year-old grandson plays Minecraft. And yes. it is, at first, I when I heard about it years and years ago, I thought, oh God, another game that's taking our mm-hmm. kids. 
but watching my grandson, this is really giving him a lot of insights and it takes away his fear of not knowing, like it's exciting to him, not knowing what to do next. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, see, uh, this is another uh, phenomena that I've observed. Um, Every generation is worried about the next generation. Like my parents used to worry about, I watch too much television, you know, before, (laughs) and then my parents used to say, oh, our parents used to uh, worry about how much radio we listen to. So it's like, you know, the technology keeps evolving and we keep worrying about, you know, this is harming our kids. But I believe like humans just have a way to find out, uh, you know, for themselves, what is good for them. And that's the world they live in. So why? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I completely agree with you. I'm also fascinated with what my sons are able to do with, uh, with the games they play. Yeah, It's one of the reasons I work with the young kids to teach them public speaking, because I, I see how they are embracing the technology, but it also takes them away from being better at the interpersonal skills and being able to look at you and to connect with you and understand tonal chant, you know, yeah, of your yeah, voice. Yeah. And exactly. so uh, my thing is to get them excited about that. So then they can ex- share all of the things that they're excited about from their technology. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's time for rapid fire. There are <clears throat> just the three different things that I have to talk to you about today. The first is what is the importance of relationships in our lives, which kind of goes along with what I was just talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Relationships are everything. I, I believe relationships are the true wealth. Um, in fact, it has been uh, studied and proven scientifically, like people who have good relationships, they live longer, they live happier, they are more prosperous. And as we, as we were saying earlier, nothing in life can be achieved uh, on your own. Mm-hmm. And if you have good relationships, things move so much easier, faster, smoother. For sure. Now, this one I love because I agree, but why is it important to travel? Travel, again, it it actually increases your neurodiversity. You know, it gives you different perspectives. The thing that I I find interesting in this world is that at the end of the day, when we boil down all our problems, we all have some common problems Mm -hmm. and we all come up with unique solutions. And the funny thing is we all think ours is the best. And and when we go out there and travel the world and look at other people, how they solve their problem, it it just increases your creativity and it goes through the roof. And like, okay, maybe I can solve my problem in this way. Maybe this is more fun, you know, like, and, and now you can like, you are capable of doing so much more just by sheer experience of travel and, and interacting with uh, another, another human being from another uh, part of the world. I agree. So what is the fastest and sure shot way to become a millionaire? <laughs> um, so the, the fastest way is, first of all, find out. And, and this is a Japanese concept. It's called Ikigai. So there are in this concept, there are four quadrants. Um, so you find out what you're good at, what the world needs what um, they are willing to pay for. And uh, there's another one which I forget, like, but basically what, what, it, what it does is it helps you find your life purpose in such a way that you can enjoy your life while doing something. Mm-hmm. The, the key is playfulness and fun in life leads to wealth. Yeah. But most people grind 
by doing things that society tells them to do, mm. which is, which is, you know, it's not like, even if you become a sort of a millionaire, if you will, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, and, and I know so many people like that, it's still not a millionaire position to be in. Uh, mm. But if you enjoy uh, what you're doing, um, then de facto, you are a millionaire already. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. day goes by so quickly. Yeah. Just as this podcast has gone by so quickly, <laughs> yeah. it's time now for me to share my screen to show the contact information for Manju. And I would love for you to get a screenshot. But those of you that are listening, if you haven't been taking notes, please go run and get that paper pencil so that you can get his website information. All this information will be on my YouTube channel as well as my website, findyourleadershipconfidence.com. But if you are watching, please take a screenshot. So we will give the website first, which is https colon forward slash forward slash. And that is M-A-N-U-J dot C-A. M-A-N-U-J-A. I'm sorry. M-A-N-U dot C-A. Manuj dot C-A. He's on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok, all using his name. But please check out also eSpeakers um, Marketplace uh, to, to connect with him. I'm going to have him talk to you a little bit about what you'll find when you connect with him on LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, you know, um, we publish a lot of content uh, around these concepts. I publish a lot of sort of mini stories, case studies about how people are using technology. Um, and uh, LinkedIn is a professional platform. So I connect with a lot of uh, clients, prospects. Um, so yeah, if, if you are on LinkedIn, I highly recommend uh, use it as a very powerful resource and uh, stop by, say hi, and let me know you heard me on this podcast and how you are planning to use AI in your life and business. Awesome. So it's been so wonderful. I knew it would be great to talk with you. I could probably spend hours and hours talking in. So we'll have to do this again in a few months to see how AI has again changed the world because I know it's going to be every kind of quarter something new and exciting is going to come out. Absolutely. Thank Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you. So as always, I remind the audience that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.